Welcome back to part three of going through the Rambam's Moronavuchim, the guide for the perplexed. We are still in the introduction. It's quite a long introduction, may take us a few to go through. I think later on, by the way, we're not going to do everything word for word inside in some of the later chapters, um, but we'll see when we get there. For now, again, we're not doing in the Arabic original, but in the in the Hebrew translation of Kapach. A few questions that have come up in the interim that I just wanted to clarify before going further. One is why it's not such a studied book nowadays, especially in yeshivas. So there's a number of reasons. I think it wasn't a particular point in history. The con- there was controversies about it in the decades after uh, it was written, um, after the Rambam died, actually, culminating in the book Burnings in 1240, Montpelier. <clears throat> but that was very much around the way that a lot of the students of the Rambam or people who called themselves students of the Rambam, I should say, in that part of the world understood it. Um, that's something maybe a subject we'll touch upon more when we go deeper into it, but it is worth knowing that, um, as I said, that as I said in earlier talks, the, the entire Muslim world was, was generally speaking quite full of intellectuals. Not every Jew was an intellectual, but lots of people were um, very well versed in, in Greek philosophy and, and sciences. Um, and in particular, very popular um, philosophers, Averroes, Ibn Rushd, and around the time the Murrah is being written, a little bit after that, he, he came very, very prominent. And many Jews of Andalusia, of, of uh, Spain, Andalusia was the Muslim name for Spain, um, came very much under his way of thinking. And a lot of them had actually migrated north. In the year 1140, the Rambam left Spain as a child. That's when, around that year, when the fanatical Almohads took over Spain. Rambam and his father took him south into Morocco. I never understood the history of that. Why speak some historian? Because the fanatics came from Morocco. But a lot of the Jews moved north. They crossed the Pyrenees. They ended up in Provence and in in, uh, Catalonia, areas like Barcelona and what's today southern France. And in that world were suddenly two worlds. The world of the Andalusian Jew, the the Arabic-speaking Jew, who is typically very well-versed in philosophy, very into diktuk. It's a world... Um, from which they had certain ways of learning Gemara and Halacha and certain ways of studying philosophy. And they don't seem to have had an enormous amount of, of Kabbalah in that world. And in the Ashkenazic, or not really Ashkenazic, but the Provence world they walked into was very, very different. It wasn't a world versed in, in Kabbalah. It had a different approach to learning Gemara and, and Halacha. And it had a different approach, and it had it did have Kabbalah, but didn't have philosophy. So you suddenly had this clash going on. And even later on, writers like the Radak, who are living in that Provence world, are coming from the Andalusian Masura, from the Andalusian tradition. Um, so the, the, the Rambam turns up over that, but a lot of those Andalusian Chachamim were very steeped in Averroes in particular, and believed things that the Rambam in the guide says he doesn't go with, like the universe never had a beginning. Um, when we get to the later chapters, we'll discuss that. And they reinterpreted the guide to have the Rambam really secretly saying th- other things, right? So they had a view that the Rambam's saying one thing on the surface, but he really holds something else. And that created enormous upset um, with the local Rabbonim, and, and it led to lots and lots of clashes backwards and forwards, uh, culminating in, uh, at its most extreme, the burning of some of the Rambam's books by the church, um, at which... Jews were blamed. Now, the Rambam's own son, Rabbi Rambam, and Rambam disagreed to both sides. He said that's not the correct way to understand his father. His father is saying what he's saying. We'll get to the why people think differently later, but his father is saying exactly what he's saying. His father does believe the world has a beginning, uh, although he said if Aristotle could ever prove it didn't, we could read the Pesukim differently. That's not the key to the Pesukim, but there's many, many reasons why we believe that the world has a beginning. 
in time, just like the Pasha Pshat in, in, the, in the Torah. Um, and a lot of these other things people are saying his name are wrong, but how dare anybody burn the books and so on. Later on, there became much more reconciliation um, and he had the schools like said the Ramban, Nachmanides, who will embrace most Andalusian tradition, bring the Rambam in, but show where we where he felt we should argue with him on the base of Kabbalah. Others came later and defended the Rambam more, and there was always this uh, discussion. Later on in Spain, you have the real reconciliation work when when the Kabbalah comes much more published. You have the Zoya later on. You get the Ramosha Cordovero, who brings in his whole Kabbalah. Really, is all. It's all, it's all very, very integrated. And, and even later on in Europe, it was very common for people who are using Kabbalah um, to use lots of ideas, of, especially in the Litvish and the Lithuanian Kabbalistic world. The first chapter of the Nefesh Haimer, the Vilna Gons, you know, or maybe number one student who wrote his, a lot of his Kabbalistic ideas into, into the work of the Nefesh Haim. The first chapter is basically the Rambam, right? The Leshem, very, very often is quoting the Rambam. The Ramchal does it. Even the, the Tanya does it in, in certain footnotes as well. So it seems the main reason the Mora became uh, abandoned over time was because f Greek philosophy became abandoned over time. Um, a lot of the ideas and, and proofs the Rambam brings of God became looked upon in the new philosophical world in the 1800s, let's say, as outdated, the language, the science he's using doesn't make sense to us nowadays. And so it became very difficult to even understand the work. A lot of the questions that seem to arise and answers don't seem to automatically frame very well. And new problems were arising that New Sephorim were dealing with. And it became something that 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 uh, got, I think, gen gently sidelined. Um, there were other reasons too. Perhaps the Haskalah used it for certain ideas that uh, that uh, as we became more more um, tr more like a conservative and, and we didn't want to em engage certain ideas. But I think it's a huge shame in many many ways because if we could just rework the the safer rework it and find ways to talk about the parallel ideas, you don't need to have Aristotle's physics to come up with almost everything he's got in here right the that, that you can rework it without with, with with new languages which hopefully when we get to the later chapters we'll do and the opening it gives which really incredibly enough the, the reason the Mukabolim could work with the Rambam is either some of them want to say the Rambam really secretly had Kabbalah and this was hidden in the in the book here others would say no but the Rambam worked through the shot the simple level so precisely that it maps deeper dimensions of Torah so beautifully and there's something unbelievable about what this safer takes you on the journey all the way to Kodesh Baruch to, to Yudias, all the way. You can't ever get there, but all the way to deepening and deepening, constantly deepening the relationship with Hashem. Um, the second question I got asked is, if the Rambam says you need to know all this maths and physics, what about us who don't know all this stuff? The truth is nowadays a high school education probably is good enough to generate a lot of the problems the Rambam said. Remember, the average person in those days was working as a teenager. So if a person has been through a basic high school education, they've probably got enough to have the questions, at least in many cases the Rambam would have, and the answers, if you know how to rework the language appropriately. Okay, I think we're taking up most of our time, but this is quite an important point. Let's just go a little bit further. Now, this is carrying on the idea that I can't just jump you into the answers over here, says the Rambam. I can only give you sparks. But that's not just true of teaching Torah, even when one's teaching Scientists, you need some of this. So, cryo data, amarim zal. You already know what Chazal say. Velo b'mas sebrishu b'shnayim. They can't even study the nature of creation with two people. V'yivar adam kolay sam advarim b'sefer nimtza shekva dars l'alfei b'nei adam. 
Now, um, if you tried to explain all these things by writing in a book, you'd effectively be teaching thousands of people, not two people. So even these ideas are going to be taught by the prophets in in Marshall, in an analogy form. And also the, the Chachamim, the rabbis of the Gemara and the Medrash and the, the ancient rabbis also wrote them in those styles, in the way that the Nach is written, the prophetic works are written, by not revealing too much. Because the understanding of the natural world and the act of creation properly and getting to the divine sciences are very, very, there's a very deep link between them. And this, again, is something you have to really understand. People, I think many, many people learn this this book wrongly, that this work wrongly, especially many secularists or people who want to have, have the Rambam as, you know, as, as, um, as hiding the fact that he didn't believe in certain things. I think they're missing fundamental, fundamental points. The, the main point the Rambam is going to be bringing out here See, later on, he'll explain there's contradictions in the guide. You have to hide them from the masses. People are like, oh, what's the contradictions? Maybe he was really, uh, you know, didn't believe in things he's writing. To some degree already, the earlier Aristotelians wanted to say that. But that's not what's going on. What's going on, I think, is this exact point over here. On the one hand, everything is linking layer after layer after layer, all the way up to the Kisar cover, to the, to the throne of, a of Hashem's glory, all the way. So your mind can literally move through the natural world to the beyond it, to the beyond it, to the beyond it, on this incredible journey. And we'll see many proofs of this principle once you understand this principle it opens the whole thing up but he cannot give you that because you're always going to be projecting the wrong things and then it's going to be the kind of much more overt oh you can't say anything positive about god you can't say anything positive and if you put them together they sound like contradictions but they're not really okay don't think any of these secrets are known even the natural world is not fully known to any human being what happens is even when we're trying to study, even when you're trying to study physics, but much, much, much more so when you're trying to study deeper things, you get a flash where suddenly all makes sense, like daylight. So this is now the, the analogy of a traveler. Um that what you go, you're traveling at night and, and, uh, like a, literally like a traveler. He brings the analogy now where the lightning flashes, there's lightning after lightning. And the traveler is lost and confused in a deep, dark night. Sometimes a person gets so many flashes of lightning and it looks like for a moment, everything's lit up and lit up and lit up and lit up. It's like, oh, daytime. I can see exactly where to go and what I got to do. And that's, what, that was actually the level of the greatest of the prophets, Ahimosha Rabbeinu, that he was in the dark, but there was so much flash of light, it was like completely clear. You should stand here with me. Now, by the way, any example the Rambam brings in these opening chapters are not for nothing. He's going to bring them again and again and again. And in fact, that episode where Moshe is told to stand with, with God is one of the ones where the Rambam will subtly allude to it so many times in the opening chapters. Um, because that's the level which God to strive for. He's shone this light of his skin like it's like a ray. And there'll be others where it's like one flash of lightning the whole night. The one about whom it says that they prophesied and, and um, 
didn't stop. That's talking about Eldad Amedad in Parashat Baloscha. That's uh, a level the Rambam will later call Ruach Hakodesh, Holy Spirit. And others where there'll be gaps between these various things. Um, and others from they don't really get a lightning flash, but some other little glow. There's different levels of revelation in the dark. For Afghan, Hosam, Aram, Wurt, Hazar, Haleinu, Eino, Timidian, that even will just not be very common. I don't know, it's just little flashes, Vanellam, Kilu, Hulat, Acherev, Amisapechas, just like a sword rotating, which of course is a reference to what happens after Gan Eden. When we leave Gan Eden, Hashem puts this rotating sword. So there's ways to now get flashes of, of insight. those who never seen light Pam, Elahim, run stumbling around in the darkness. They don't know, understand, they're walking around in darkness. They're completely disconnected from reality. That's the mass of people. They don't belong in this work. So, what we have over here, so I've gone a little longer than, than anticipated, but lots of important points that we've, we've raised over here. The Rambam is telling us that the nature of grasping a reality that is different to our own perception of reality, right? We live in three dimensions of space and time. We live in our own experience. Whenever we think of anything abstract, we immediately bring it back into our experience. So we're in darkness because that's not the reality, right? But it's, we get, it's, it's like the travel at night where there's flashes of lightning. And... The prophecies are going to be given as flashes of lightning. Moshe Rabbeinu's Torah is given as a permanent state of light, but for most it's a flash of lightning and then it's gone and we have to kind of hold on to it, move forward, and then hopefully get another flash of lightning and so on. We'll stop here for this time. Mitzvah Hashem will carry on from here next time.